Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. Some of our listeners may already know that Brett and I sold our home recently and will be moving into a new property in the middle of the year. We are very excited about what's ahead, but I'm a bit sad to be leaving my garden that I have nurtured for the past 25 years. Unfortunately, I can't pack it up and take it with me. That would be amazing, but there is a solution. And on today's podcast, Keith is going to teach me and anyone else out there who is considering moving or who just wants to expand their current collection of plants exactly how it can be done. Is that right, Keith? That's perfectly right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Good. Now, you've moved a few times over the years. How have you coped with leaving your beautiful gardens behind? Because I don't know how to cope. Yeah. Look, I've always looked at my gardens that I've created and developed at home and, and, and said, well, someone's bought that because they like what I've created. So with with a, a few exceptions, I've more or less left those gardens behind and started off afresh, which, yeah. you know, is, is sometimes a great way of going about it. Yeah. Um, luckily for, for me, um, buying plants uh, is, is not a, a real problem because... Um, I have access to wholesale growers and suppliers and all that sort of stuff. So I'm very lucky, mm. very privileged in, in that respect. Um, but for those people that don't have access to wholesale growers and suppliers, then taking some of those plants that you really, really love out of your own garden to your new garden is a wonderful thing to do. And there idea. are plenty of opportunities to be able to do that. Yeah, I don't want to think about how many, how much money I've spent on before you and I, before I knew you <laughs> and your fantastic contacts, I spent a lot of money on plants. So, yeah, that, there's, there's that side of things, but also the fact that, you know, you just you create so many, there are so many memories in this garden. Exactly. And I quite like to take some of those memories with me. So yeah. if I can do that somehow by taking some cuttings or, you know, however you're going to teach us what mm-hmm. we can do, that would be that would be lovely. Yeah, I mean, look, one of the one of the big impacts in your garden here, in terms of, of display, are the hydrangeas, and I, I and I and I, I must say that some of those have been in this probably this garden for a lot more than twenty five years. Sixty. Sixty years, yeah. Sixty years. So and and they've and you've cut those back year in year out, and they've they've grown and developed, um, and that's it's probably a, a look that you really might enjoy taking with you to your new place because they just give you so much value for you know for effort they're amazing and i'm absolutely so in love with them the only thing is i'm not sure that they're going to suit this the style of the new place but i'm going to i'm going to make them i'm going even if they were in pots or something somewhere i I would love to have some hydrangeas there so now the new owners of the property the one that we're selling obviously want the garden to be as they saw it when they bought it. So I can't just whip any trees or large shrubs out of the ground. That would be a pain to move anyway. But I'd like to try to either divide and take cuttings of whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really need to know how to do that. Okay. So I've got I've got a list here. Yep. Can I whiz through that list? Yeah. And, just, and you can say, well, you forget that, that's not going to happen, or yes, you can, and how yeah. you can do it. But what, I, what, I, what I'd like to say to you before we get onto that is yeah. that You've got plants in this garden that you particularly love and they are plants that you should make a note of. Absolutely. And write down what they are because they may be plants that we can 
bring that memory back to your new garden with, with new plants. With you new mean plants. rather than rather than yeah rather than digging them out. I mean you know there's this you know there's the, the, the weeping birch you've got out there that's never going to move. No. And uh, you've got a beautiful big liquid amber that's never going to no, move. No, don't want to take that. <laughs> but there are other plants. You know they, your magnolias, for instance. You know they're superb. But we can buy you know new ones of those. But it's a, it's important that you put that down. I have. I've, yeah. I've already written it. It's written. Good. And I know the crepe myrtles are beautiful. There are all sorts of things that I, I can't wait to put into the new garden. But, but yes, if I can take some cuttings, that would be great. Now, things like salvias, can we do that? Yes, you can. And, and what, what's happening now with salvias, because we're now into, into autumn, um, the salvias will be coming very, very long and leggy, so they'll still have the, the flower tips on the end. But what they should be producing down at the base is the basal foliage. And what you need to do is, is have a look to see if that's happening. Mm. And if it is, then what you can do is go and get a, a, a nice sharp spade, and I mean a, a really sharp spade, and perhaps cut a quarter or a half of that particular salvia off, mm. dig it up with, with, its, with its, um, as much of the root system as you can possibly get onto it, and put it into a, a, a nice pot with a beautiful quality potting mix. Yep. And that plant will then go into dormancy, but for between the period now and winter when it is in full, in full dormancy, it will have produced um, a root system that will allow it to take off once it's, it's replanted in your garden. Okay. So have a look, and, and as I said, you've got to use a very, very sharp spade. Yep. And if you haven't got a sharp spade, you've got to use a, a, a big, sharp, big knife yes. and cut in. Yes. And it's got to be a clean cut yeah, and okay. then lift out as much of the root system with the soil on it as possible. So if it gets hacked at, it might not survive. No, well, it, it gets hacked at. It's, it, you're opening up that plant to disease yep. and rot and all sorts of things over the winter period. If it gets mm. too much moisture with it. Okay, all right. Okay, so because uh, I have so many salvias, so yeah, many and, and, and they're, they're such great value in a garden. And they yeah. are looking like the garden is. Yeah. Most people are saying my garden's got no colour at this time of the year, but our garden has got so much colour because of those beautiful, beautiful salvias. salvias. Yeah. The hydrangeas being on their way out, but mm -hmm. they're still providing lovely colour. The next thing, seeing we're talking about colour in the garden, uh, Japanese anemones. Yes. Can they? They're very tough. Surely oh, I can just tough. Yep. I can, well, I can probably whip quite a few of those out because I've got a lot. Yeah. So, so what I'd be doing there is, is I would be perhaps going to the ones that are, are at the back, mm. the, the in, part of the anemone that is at the back part of the of the display, Plant, yep. and cut the all the foliage down, right down, and once again with a sharp knife, a sharp spade, sever that through. Now, an anemone will will still re, that will reshoot with new leaves after you remove the old ones and that will help it re-establish itself. And the same thing, into a beautiful quality potting mix. Okay, and, but wait until the, the stop flowering because it's really, it's, yes. it's, this is the time that it's yes. flowering. So, yes. so, so once it's finished flowering, the back half, it, cut it down and then, and then take, out, take out a section and repot it. And you'll find that that will reshoot and be, be ready, to, ready to take off in the, in the springtime. Fantastic. Hellebores. Now, hellebores, uh, they're going to start growing soon, start, they you know, are. their growth. So, so, so now is a bit, now's the best time to be getting into it and actually severing them and, and dividing them mm -hmm. and putting them into pots because they will then produce the new leaves and hold those all the way through. And then when they go, when you plant them in the springtime in your new garden, they'll, uh, they'll just take off. Okay. Hellebores right. are great. Fantastic. And lavenders. Lavenders, I would not, not so, even bother with. Yeah. No, if, if you if you've got a you've got a particular lavender you you want, then you'd be looking at taking cuttings, I, and I wouldn't even bother. Okay. I wouldn't even bother. Okay. Um, lavenders, um, 
depending on how old they are, the, the, you know, how, and how vigorous they are, um, you, you're sometimes better to, to, to bite the bullet and say, well, I'm going to buy a new one and, and get a full lifetime out of it. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay. All right, now we talked about I've got every type of, not every type, but a lot of my, uh, hydrangeas. I've got macrophylla, quercifolia. Mm-hmm. Was it quercifolia? Quercifolia. Quercif- quercifolia, yeah. Paniculata, also the limelight. Now, I think that would be hard to take cuttings of. So I'm, I don't know. The macrophyllas fine, but I'm macrophyllas, a bit nervous about the other. Your macrophyllas, the size of the plants you've got out here. Once mm. again, you could take, a, you could get a, a really sharp spade, and just keep on knocking it right through the the, the, the root system down into the soil, and then taking a, a slab of that out and putting it into a big pot. It's also very easy to take cuttings of them, though, isn't it? Oh, it is, but if you do it that method, where you're taking you're taking a quarter of the plant or even the half of the plant, because it's it's only going to benefit that the other half mm. um you've got an instantaneous plant that yeah. when you when you put it into your garden rather than a, a cutting that's going to take two years to establish itself mm. okay okay gosh okay uh oh gosh euphorbias would you bother no because they're a bit difficult so you Euphor- don't euphorbias euphorbias are, are a, a short-lived perennial yeah um and you're gonna you're gonna open yourself up to a lot of lot of trouble with those mm. um mm. and and euphorbias are best either grown from seed or buy a new plant. Okay. Um, okay. You can divide them, but they're, they're a, you, you want to be wearing glasses and gloves. Gloves. Because the, the amount of, amount of uh, milk sap Milky's, that they put through... That stuff is dangerous. It is deadly in your eyes, and if you get a cut in, a cut in the skin, it can burn. Yes, they're beautiful plants, so, but dangerous. No, I, I, once again, I, value for money, buy a newie. Okay. The beautiful seed of autumn joy. I can do that, can't you I? You can easily divide. Not yet. Yeah, no, not yet. You need to wait until it's it's once again finished its its flowering. Um, and there's a there's a beautiful little tool that you can use for severing those. It's called a hori. It's a, a Japanese knife. Mm, never heard of it. Um, it's a hori knife, and um, they are actually beautiful for for digging straight down. They're nice and sharp. Beautiful big blades on them. Just dig them down and take out a, a slither of your uh, your set of autumn joy and okay. put it into a pot. That's great information there. Thank you. I'm going to remember that and mm. write it down for our websites. Uh, irises. I've got a lot of bearded irises too. Yeah. Now, they're not hard to they're make. They're not hard to do because what's going to be happening with those is they're, they're going to be going into dormancy soon. So leave them for as long as you can. Let them, let them start to die back and they'll start to produce new little leaves at the very, very base. Um, and you can just... Cut the cut them off, and with a with a, a fork or a spade, just dig out what you need and divide it again, because irises will will, will react far better when with it with the new growth coming on. Mm. You should always get divide. rid of the old back yeah. bulbs on them anyway, like a like yeah. an orchid. They're them. old back bulbs, so dig them up, divide them, keep the new the new shoots on them, and bang, you're away. Gosh, I've got a lot of work ahead, Keith. You've got a lot of work to do. I might not do all of it, but anyway, we'll see. Um, Look, it goes on for ages. I've got... um, You introduced me to Anthemus Susanna Mitchell, which I love. Can I just pop some of that out Once again, the horry knife would be brilliant to be... Cut it back after you know, after it's you know just about finished, yep. and then just just sever it off with the hori knife and put it into little pots and divide it up even further. And a juga would be the same as that a too. Juga, the yep. juga's the same, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, the beautiful grasses, Macanthus sinensis, pink flamingo. I um, I you have completely converted me when it comes to grasses, <laughs> and the new house is going to have a lot of grasses. Yeah, a lot of grass. Great backdrop. Plant, yes. Um, for a superb foliage and and yes. the beautiful heads on those. Once again. 
They are easy, so easy to divide. And the Hori knife is another ripper one that you can go and just take off all the outside bits off it and leave the inside, cut it right back to nothing and stick them in pots. Because we'll be doing and that you'll, soon you'll, anyway. You'll, yeah. Mm. And you'll, out of, I mean, you've, You've put in one plant that has now probably covered a space of nearly half a metre. It has. And out of that one plant, you could probably get 10, 15 new little babies off it. Mm, exciting. And they'll take off really, really quickly. Exciting. Okay, look, I don't want to go on and on about this. I've got a massive list, so I won't do that. I think we've pretty much covered the basic plants, mm-hmm. the, you know, the basic ones in our garden. What other plants are easy to propagate that I haven't mentioned. Now, I know people love roses. I love some, but I don't know that I'll have a lot the next garden. Are roses easy to remove or to take cuttings of? I don't know. Um, Roses depends on the rose. If if, if it's a standard rose, then no, you've you've got Buckley's. Because um, it's got one, one trunk and that's it. But if you've got bush roses, then you could... Cut those once again with a sharp knife or a hoary knife or even a sharp spade mm. and take a, a section of that out the bottom. Um, okay. Sometimes it's best to uh, take cuttings and grow those as, as, a, as a, uh, a hardwood cutting mm-hmm. for those. Um, and another great thing that um, I'm going to be trying myself soon is, is when, when, you've, when it's produced a flower head, you actually cut the flower head off, take the petals off, and invert the head of the rose into soil. So you turn into, it around. So you turn it upside down and plant the where, where the rose is into the ground. The roots hanging out the top. No, no, there's no roots <laughs> oh, there's on no, it at all. It's take, just a flower. Yes, it's just a flower. Why is that a good uh, idea? Well, because the, those the stamens that are on the rose will produce roots, and you'll get oh. a new plant coming off that. Oh, that's a good one. That's another way of doing oh, it. Oh my goodness! And why are you going to do that? If you want that particular rose. <laughs> Oh, you've got, you haven't got any roses, I've got, have you? We have got one, one rose. <laughs> what is it? Do you um, know? Don't know. Don't no, it, it, it's just joey, I think. Oh, beautiful just joey. Beautiful just oh, so That's gorgeous. beautiful yellow. That is gorgeous. Okay, so we've got the, we've got the, the hoary knife. Mm-hmm. We need the pots. Yep. Where are we going to get a lot of pots from, Keith? Um, how many pots do you need? I don't know. I've counted. <laughs> I've got I've got I've got mile of pots at my place, but that's where you're gonna you know you're gonna find them. Once again, you know, go back to our our old gardening on the cheap and yeah. uh, have a look at where? uh, warehouses and all these sorts marketplace, of things. Marketplaces, Facebook marketplaces, you know, nature strips. People yep. put lots of pots out on nature strips. Okay, um, but for for, for what we're going to be doing here at your place, I'd be going. I wouldn't be worried about terracotta pots. I'd be looking more for plastic pots. Oh yeah, I'm not going to start buying more terracotta no, pots. No, no, no. Brett has already counted seventy well, apparently, and I don't. Be moved. I, well, they might stay. Some of them <laughs> might stay here. I think the new owner said, "Whatever you don't want to take, you can leave." Oh, I was like, "Oh, good. You shouldn't have said that." Yeah. Because I might leave a few. All right. So, uh, is if we are taking some cuttings, do you want to give us a quick lesson on, for example, with a hydrangea or whatever? How to do a cutting because there are different types of cuttings as well because there, there are. are soft and there's green and there's semi ripe yeah. and there's all sorts. So so with a so with a um, a hydrangea for instance, what you're looking there is, is is making the cutting just above the the two buds that that you'll see coming down the down the trunk sitting together the yeah. two buds so sitting two buds on, sitting yeah, together yeah. so you make the cutting just above that and then it's always best to use a, um, a rooting compound or a hormone and that or, can I. Honey, 
Honey, I was going to mention honey. Sorry. Honey's a great, um, a great uh, rooting hormone because it, it's it's a mild antiseptic as well, so it'll stop any disease getting into it while those that root system reestablishes themselves. But you know, rooting hormone powders are readily available. You get those at the big green warehouse, mm-hmm. um, and you just dip dip it in. Um, make sure that when you, you're putting it into the into the the seed raising mix that you make a, a hole, so you're not rubbing that. Um, hormone mix off or the honey off. So it's going down and then firm it around. Get it. a pen or something yeah. and put it in the. And then and then the best way to do to do it with a, a um, for a hydrangea, for instance, is to go and buy yourself a an old soft drink bottle, plastic one, and just cut the the the, the top off, and use it to create a little mini hothouse mm. by placing it over the the cut leaves. And if you're taking cuttings where you've got leaves on the top. Cut the leaves in half with a nice sharp pair of scissors. We're just trying to limit the amount of, of uh, transpiration that's going to be coming out of those leaves because the plant doesn't have access to moisture through a root system. So it's, right. it's got to have it through a, a microenvironment such as that little that little hothouse that you're creating over mm, the top. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. And so and with say with those when we were talking about the hydrangeas, you need to take most of the leaves off. If there are any leaves, you take most of those off so that there's not too much energy going into the leaves. That's, and coming that's into why the I'm roots. saying whatever yeah. leaves you've got. If you've got, say, two or three leaves on it, cut the leaves in half with a pair of scissors. But make sure there's still something there. Yes. Okay. There's going to be a little bit of something for photosynthesis. Okay. How do we maintain these once we've, once we've um, dug them into the potting mix or the rooting hormone? We've got the, the little, little cover soft, over it. the hothouse on top. We just we need just to make water sure water them yep. regularly. Do the same sort of thing. Keep them in the shade. Put them in the. We shouldn't put them in the sun. Or no, you shouldn't be in the sun. No, the, in, a, in a in a in a nice shady spot. It's a great spot for hydrangeas because they'll they'll come on slowly, but they'll come on you know in a in a in a stronger manner. Okay. And on all you're doing is you're going out there probably on a weekly basis, watering them and making sure that they are kept moist, and pulling the the, the little dome off the top, the little mini hothouse that we created, and just having to look to see if there is any sign of new growth coming on those on on the on the leaves or the on the buds or anything else. And then if that's happening, then your plant is away. Fantastic. Bang. Now, there, as we were saying, there are different types of uh, you know wood cuttings. Yeah. There's soft, there's hard. How do we know which one to use? It's going to be all dependent upon upon the plant. The plant exactly. Yeah. And so, we can't go through all the plants now. No, no, we haven't got time to do that. But no. you know, say if you say if you were doing, you want to do your tracklea sperm out there. What's that, Keith? That's the that's your beautiful jasmine you got there. Yes, yes. Um, evergreen jasmine. Yes. Um, I would be taking a softwood cutting, so I'd be going towards the tips of those, the and then growth. cutting off just above two leaves. And then using a rooting hormone, and then putting that that into a, um, a you know a, a seed raising mix. Okay. And then keep the moisture up to it. Okay. Put a little hot house over the top of that yeah, too. Fantastic. How long will it take for the new roots to grow? And when do I know that I can plant them into the new garden? Okay. You you're always looking for growth on the top, and once that growth starts to happen on the top, you know that there's something happening below to sustain what's on on the uh, above the ground. Mm. And the best way to to do that is is to um, once you once you notice that you've got a little bit of top growth, then you need to be adding a little bit more fertilizer to the plant. So a liquid fertilizer, power feed, Charlie carp or something like that, maybe half strength, um, and even sea salt on a regular basis mm. will will help to establish the root system on that. 
and what you're looking then for is the feel of the pot. So if you've got a if you've got a um, a, a potting mix in a in a 140 mil pot, go across as the plant's growing and just give it a squeeze, gentle squeeze, and you're feeling for the firmness of mm. that pot because the root system will. will Fill up that that um, that space. Yep, so it should feel and, more and you, firm. So it should feel firm, and then yep. once it's firm, you yep. know you're on your way. So that's a time for it to go in. Fantastic! This is great information. Thank you. It is such also such a great way not only for me with moving, but for anyone wanting to expand their gardens or to share and swap plants with friends and neighbours. This is a fantastic way to do it, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic way. Yep. Now, for anyone wanting to transplant a tree or a shrub, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to do. No. What are you going to suggest to them? Should they should the tree be pruned quite hard before yes. it's transplanted? What yes. what do they need to know? Um, well, you got two you got two options here because you can have two different types of plants. One's going to be either deciduous, one's going to be evergreen. Mm. If you have a deciduous tree or, or plant, you, you and it's capable of, of being lifted and moved. A deciduous tree is going to be far easier to move than, a, than an evergreen because you do it while the plant is dormant when yep. it's lost all its leaves, and you just go around with a beautiful sharp spade. And cut down all the way around and then dig it, just pull it out of the ground basically. Mm-hmm. And if it's deciduous, the root system's not working, but there's mm. going to be enough storage of energy in that existing root system that when you replant it, and that can be replanted straight away mm. in a new garden, mm. you just dig a nice hole, lots of compost, and everything else, put your plant in, stake it, and then let it go. Um, as it comes into spring, a little bit of regular sea sole to encourage the, the, the root development on that on those deciduous um, roots. Okay. And that plant will come away beautifully. Now, I would also cut it back by a third mm-hmm. from the top. Um, so that's going to determine how, you know, the size of the plant you're going to be, be able mm-hmm. to lift and move. Mm-hmm. If, it's an, if it's an evergreen plant, once again, cut it back by a third. Um, and, for instance, I would be cutting it back by a third and then I would be using a beautiful sharp spade now and going around that cut line of the of the the new the, the, the new canopy, foliage canopy, canopy yep. is the word we're thinking of yes cutting cutting a, a down deep all the way around so you, you've severed the roots off get a little bit of um sea soil into that and just keep on going around that on, on a regular basis for a couple of weeks with a spade and that should then start new new root growth on those plants now you can either do the old bald and burlap method of, of digging it out where mm. you dig a trench around you get some hessian which we call burlap in the old days hessian which you can buy from bunnings in in you know two meter by whatever length you want and you would pull that that evergreen tree backwards push the burlap and the hessian in underneath the tree until you get it into the into the center Gather, gather it all up so it's, you know you've got plenty plenty in there pull the tree the opposite way and then pull that other side up so you've created a um, a, a, a sleeping bag or something yeah. around it yep. and then you just ball it all up yep. gaffer tape it or tie yes, it up yes. and then a couple of friends lift it take it off and, and then replant it and then sea salt it again when you get it in. I wonder if it would make the move. It depends how far it's going, obviously. I wonder if it would make the move. It needs to be planted pretty quickly, doesn't it? When you do it does, like but there, is, there, there are some products you can, actually, you can actually buy online that will stop. You can spray it onto the leaves that stop oh. the transpiration of the plant. Wow. Um, and it's, it's only about 17 or 18 bucks, and I, I can't remember the exact name of it, okay. but it is, it's, it's, it's a plant for Moving. stopping... For moving moving evergreen plants that stops transpiration. Okay. All right. 
I think you've done, given us some good information there as far as that's concerned. I'm certainly not going to move trees. I just, no. God, imagine the hassle of doing that on a <laughs> moving day when you've got everything else as well. Um, I'm also wondering how to deal with two rather full compost bins when we move. I thought I'd spread the, the mature compost over the garden, but what can I do with the compost which hasn't yet broken down? Um, simply, I... simply, I would where, where, where you've dug out all your plants. Mm. Oh, uh, fill. Fill it. Okay. Yeah, use it. So, so put put the the good compost on the bottom and the and the and the, un... the, the, the undecomposed yeah. compost on the top. And just give it a little bit of a little bit of blood and bone on top of that, and that will deconfongerate and turn into a compost in no time flat. And you've got rid of your problem. That's right, and the that's and going it's to the garden great for the soil for the new owners as well. Okay, and then clear the bins are good clean and mm -hmm. stick them in the truck. Okay, that's fantastic. Then I've got the shed to empty. How are you going to fix that, Keith? That's your problem, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> I've got, I know. I've got tools. I've got bags of shade cloth, garden stakes, multiple bags of fertiliser, wheelbarrows. Too much. I guess we need well, to have a garage you, sale, but you I need can't to, Maybe you need to do a bit of a culling. Maybe you've got to look at the things that you, you're not going to be using in your new place mm. and putting them on the nature strip and letting people yes. that, you know, that yes. walk past say, oh, I, I could do with that. Yes. I could use this. I could use that. Stick it out there and let someone else have a have a have a crack at it. I'll do that. There's also the tips. I think Tip has a, a shop, doesn't it? There's a recycling. Yeah, there's a recycling place at the shops. Uh, most tips have got those now. The Facebook Marketplace yep. again. All right. This has been fantastic information. Thank you so much. While I'm sad to be leaving this garden, I'm excited to be taking as much of it as I can to the new one. Once we get there, I'm sure I'll have another podcast or ten worth of questions and topics to discuss about that. Hope you're up for it, Keith. I'll be happy. Yay. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.